Hello, 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 hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Holly Marie? Good. How are you doing? Fuck, fantastic. Your mic sounds good. Oh, does it? Good. I think so. Don't it? it does me. How's that sound to you, Candy? Fuck yeah, we can just start recording. Yay. <laughs> A lot of times there's some technical bullshit we got to get through. Oh, and, you uh, sound I pretty never... crisp too. Yeah. Well, I got that gaming headphone. Oh, you know, it's slick. Oh, that's true. You knew that. You knew I was a serious gamer. You're you're a serious streamer there, from what I hear. You got them podcast. You got that podcast oh, money. Yeah, that crazy podcast money. Milton's <laughs> frozen ketchup has really been kicking it in, and they have been helping us build our studio. And uh, so, I honestly, let's take a moment just to thank Milton's frozen ketchup. Hey, late night snack. What are you gonna have? Milton's frozen ketchup. Good morning, everybody. What do you want for breakfast? Milton's frozen ketchup. I don't care what it is, but it's going to taste better with Milton's frozen ketchup. Damn, now they owe you money, too. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> um, Holly Marie, welcome to Straight to the Point and Completely Off Topic with your extremely animated this morning host, Kyle Dunbar. It's wonderful to be here. Very happy. Awesome. You are, besides other things... You are giving me relevance, but let's talk about who you are. <laughs> you were on season 12 of Ink Master. Were you on before that? Uh, no, 12 is my first season. And then I was just on season 14, the most recent one. Yes. How, how's that doing for you? Is uh, everybody loving, hating you? Uh, loving me from what I understand. I mean, I'm sure that I have my haters out there, but I don't really hear too too much from them, which I'm very thankful for. Maybe I'm just not looking in the right avenues, but I prefer to keep it that way so do you have enough haters then you know you need some some of that jake paul propulsion sometimes you know yeah maybe uh i mean yeah i i see some of them every once in a while but i just i just choose to focus more on the positive than the uh than the haters yeah good on you girl i i'm just um i'm always just curious because i know I had a wonderful experience with it and people seem to like me a lot. And then I've had friends that have gone on there and I think them to be wonderful people. And then I find out that they're not liked by the populace. It's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's very it interesting is. to see exactly how people come across or how people are perceived and like what we see them and know of them in real life is completely mm -hmm. different than how the public eye actually sees them, which is very, very interesting to me. How did, uh, what did you know about that with, uh, say your contestants that you were on with, did you feel that, um, some people were given a, a bad rap if you were by, by the perception um, that America has? It's very interesting there are certain people that I've competed with before that they they're wonderful people and they're seen really, really terribly. Like you said, you know, in real life, they're they're super cool and awesome. And I love hanging out with them. And then, you know, they they get a camera in their face and they just turn into an asshole. And you're like, why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> people are gonna Honestly, hate you. Yeah. I'm glad I want that's because I feel like I see that, especially on. I haven't watched too much of season 12, um, but I got to watch almost all of season 14 now. And I feel like I see that in your presentation there, almost at some times, for, and straighten me out if I'm completely wrong, as sometimes though it feels like you take on the mantle of trying to drive the action, though it doesn't seem as though that's really what you want. 
you know, you come in and you're kind of brash and you're like, yeah, I'm going to fucking kick some ass, take some names, chew some bubble gum, whatever it were. Then it seems like you kind of recognize that everybody else is already doing this uh, kind of manipulation and this change of character when the camera comes on and you turn to the Holly Marie that I've known never on the show. Really? I've, I've only known you from touring at these conventions and, uh, and then I see the person, I feel like I'm more recognize you there. And as everybody else is amping their egos up, you seem to drive yours down for a minute. Yeah, and- it's true. It's true for sure. Um, I definitely like to take a, a backseat with that sort of drama thing. But, you know, you got to make a big entrance, of course. So, you know, that's kind of the clip that they like to play of me is that one that one entrance uh, okay. where, where I kind of come out guns blazing. But at the same time, like it being my second season, like I kind of knew going into it what to expect and, you know, mm what gets the party started so to speak and and like how to how to come across like i i don't really care too much anymore um mm-hmm. because i already have like an established sort of following from the first season of like you know this is kind of what how it goes and this is how we do things and you know th- this is what gets played basically and and my goal for being there was to do good tattoos and to to learn because i i learn every season that I go on. And that's the only reason that I, if I asked again tomorrow to go on another season, I would do it again because I will learn so much more about art and tattooing. And, and that's why I do these things. But also you are like, a young tattoo artist. Am I wrong? You've yeah. only been tattooing six, seven years or something like that. Am I wrong? Uh, 10 years actually this year. <laughs> oh, awesome. Congrats. Yeah, well, nowadays there. that's like an old hand then. So don't get me wrong. I know. It's it like started... the season 14 winner. Was she two years or something? Or was that season 12? um season 12 uh laura i think she'd been tattooing for like seven years i think she was about the same as me at that point and then uh danny who was the runner-up she had only been tattooing about two years and she was okay so yes i uh and it seems to be happening more and more yeah absolutely that people are able to go straight out of college into a successful career and make me wish that you know i i took up being a lawyer or something <laughs> yeah, it's definitely discouraging to see like the amount of talent in these like younger generations that are like more classically trained. But I think it's mm-hmm. just artistically, if you have a good eye and a good like sense for art, like art is always going to win. So if, if yeah. you're good at art, you'll be good at in any in any medium. So if you're a good painter, like sometimes obviously it doesn't translate. There are amazing artists that are terrible tattooers and vice versa. <laughs> but you know, I think if you have a good artistic eye and a good sense, if you pick up tattooing and, and you know, you have a respect for it and, and you know, a talent for the technique, then the, the tattoos are going to be good no matter how long you've been doing it. I follow. I don't think you're wrong. can't argue. Yeah. But I would love <laughs> to try. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> who, can, who, who can we? No. Um, to me, when watching season 14, I felt like at that moment you came in, you kind of, like you said, you gave them their line. They loved it, ate it up, edited it in, used it. Yep. And then I feel like there was a, there's this part where you almost seem like your energy got sapped a little bit and you were kind of just like the fake. I'm, I don't mean to say fakeness, Yeah. but there's a contrived part and you get to see other people doing it. And I feel like you started out in a improv kind of, and then you ended up finding out, Oh, they're turning this into a drama. I thought it was a comedy or. Yeah. Does that, it, it, am I, am I wrong in reading that in you? Cause I feel like you were before they took you out 
which for a piece that I thought was better than the other piece, Absolutely. <laughs> my own stupid opinion. <laughs> um, uh, but when, the, when they took you out, it seemed like you were already defeated of sorts or your emotion was down. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so I was honestly surprised a lot of what they had edited out, um, in terms of like, you know, everybody has their story and everything that they, yeah. you know, you're trying to push your own story into, you know, your character or whatever. Um, and I had actually, uh, I lost my dog like a week before I went away to film and it was a nice distraction, but it was still there. So emotionally, right. I wasn't really there anyway, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. No, uh, it, it seemed to register then. Yeah, it uh, and they didn't actually use like any of it, which is surprising because I couldn't stop myself from crying most of the scenes just because they kept uh, bringing it up just to get oh. me to get those tears, you know, and so I do know. Yeah. So, you know, going from the girl that doesn't cry in, the, in my first season, which, you know, I was kind of coined for saying there's no tears in tattooing, which I still think is, mm -hmm. is pretty accurate. Um, yeah. But to go from that, they, I, you know, they they were like, oh, tell us about your dead dog and scene. And <laughs> so it was like it was very like, um, you know, pushing the emotional buttons there with that just to get me to I couldn't help it. You know, I just lost my dog a, a week before I left, you know, mm -hmm. and and he was my life. So going from that, it's it's definitely like they, they got what they needed out of me. And then I think they, they moved me along. But emotionally, I was already kind of checked out, but I was trying to keep my spirits up as much as I could. And at the point where, you know, these new, you know, these returning ink masters were actually coming back for the season and you know they'd been asked to come back and they all said yeah they would come back i was kind of like you know what i don't really want to do this i'm not really going to fight for myself like if they think i should go home i'm fine going home to my husband and you know actually emotionally recovering from this devastating blow that i've had in my life so i was actually like you know some of my friends that were still competing like creepy jason he was like why aren't you fighting for yourself he's like what are you mm -hmm. doing and i was yeah. kind of like you know what i'm fine like i am totally I, this is a great tattoo and i stand by this tattoo and i think so many people are going to be so fucking pissed off when they see that i went home as opposed to a fucked up pug tattoo which is also kind of fucked up because i lost my pug um <laughs> oh my god so it was kind of funny that this like fucked up you know horrible Ponyan yeah, there were there were tattoo. problems with it of sorts. This was Pond's tattoo, am I wrong? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it, it was fucked up, and it should have gone home. And you know, in my opinion, he should have gone home earlier than me in that season, regardless. But you know, but it, it feels good, but... kind of going out on on what you know to be a stronger piece, right? Like if oh, there absolutely. is a chance of you coming out of the competition, then you're like, I'd rather go home when you're wrong. Because oh, otherwise, I, I go out like, yep, I made a mistake. Fuck that. Honestly, yeah, exactly. that you're absolutely right. It seems like they pulled pieces. They they really worked hard to dislike uh, the snail with the yeah. mohawk skull thing. It was pretty yeah, my dope. Little, my little snow it, yeah. And then there was um something that proportions were 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 not making sense. Like the the horn was coming out the side of the head or something. Not yeah, in the it was front. like one one horn on the pug had come out of the front, and the other one was like coming out of like the back of his head, and like it, it was pretty like it's of course a clean tattoo because it's coming from Pawn, who's a traditional tattooer, and that's all that he really does. But so of course it's going to be clean and it's going to be a Pawn tattoo, but that doesn't you know distract from the fact that it had anatomical issues, which were brought mm -hmm. up, of course. 
Um, but and yeah, him they, and Gian were kind of teaming up. Do you think there's anything that they uh, were like, well, we'd like to keep this team together I more think than was, the girl who's yeah. emotionally checked out? Most likely, yeah. And I think it was in terms of like the actual, like, let's face it, this is a TV show. And in terms of like the TV reality part of it, I think their alliance and especially with Bob and Angel as well, like because they had like this foursome alliance going on. Um mm -hmm. I think that alliance story-wise was better than the alliance that Katie and I and Creepy had. And so I think that being a stronger alliance, you know, that that won out at the end of the day. Like, they could have gotten rid of Pawn easily. They should have gotten rid of him at, at the, uh, you know, what was it, the, the artist challenge where we had to replicate famous painters. Um, he should have gone home for that. That fucking alien was fucking garbage. <laughs> Thing was hideous. <laughs> You were there to see it up up close. Huh? He's oh, yeah. coming on the show, so I look forward to putting him on, on the hot seat about a couple things. But I do have to mention, at the same time as we talk about this kind of conspiratorial because of the drive of, and as a viewer, I see it. As a contestant, I feel I see it. But mm -hmm. I talk with Andrea sometimes, not very often. She don't return too many texts. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I also get a chance to talk with, you know, the judges. And I know that they feel that they are, uh, being, it, it's not easy. First off, I want to preface: yeah. they're being filmed as they make decisions that determine people's, you know, livelihood, their trajectory exactly. in the in the career. So I think, especially uh, people like Nico, and um, well, especially Nico, <laughs> take yeah. it very seriously. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I can't talk on any of the other judges. I think probably Ryan Ashley recognizes it too. Oh but yeah. Also, we've been developing these characters over the time of Ink Master. Do you find like each contestant that goes on now seems to have an understanding that they need to bring a character? Yep. That the story is important. Yep. And that even if it means manufacturing that, I feel like though, that kind of there's this part of the love that I have of the first few seasons, you know? Yep. And and then there's this reality that just seemed like Kardashian type reality being worked in. I don't know if that, that's not the right term. It's more like, yes, know, yes. But I, I, yeah, it's, it's more of, you know, I feel like in the first few season seasons, it was a lot more pure in terms of how they were doing things or how it seemed. Of course I was not, you know, in those seasons, mm -hmm. but it seemed a bit more pure in terms of like, just show showcasing tattoos and tattoo art and and sort of the lifestyle behind it and all the all of that kind of stuff and the actual drama that does go into like making good art every day uh and, and not and drama cool. between tattoo artists competing exactly it's it's more so the drama of trying to create art and and competing to see who's the best artist and like the toll that that takes on an artist themselves and i feel mm -hmm. like that was showcased more in the first few seasons and then it kind of like you know, and I think it's as the audience and as, you know, the viewers themselves progress in the world of like knowing more about tattooing because it was such a taboo thing when the show started. You know, people didn't have that many tattoos and now you can't hardly find somebody that doesn't have tattoos. So I feel right. like that whole like, you know, mystique and lifestyle has gone away a little bit, like a little bit of the veil of like this, you know, tattoo culture has lifted and now they're trying to keep it um relevant i guess in in 
you know, creating more of this sort of man-made artificial drama in terms of like making it more of a reality show competition, like people talking broadening the base of viewers. Yeah, Yeah, right. They're keeping the interest going that way versus like, you know, keeping it like the more pure. (laughs) This is good art. This is bad art. uh, And I worry that I am in, and I'm sure that we all are in our bias tunnels of of a echo chamber of sorts but of course in the tattoo conventions that i travel to the people that i talk with the artists and especially the clients and and diehard viewers the majority of them that i talk to all say the same like they don't care for the drama so much they miss having actual time with the tattoo to look at it (laughs) you know instead of listening to the judges critique it um exactly I but I wonder if that isn't then the full demographic. Maybe they've broadened their base so much that it's better than for the for us as people going on and it's increasing our yeah. presence to then advertise to soccer moms who don't have any tattoos. Exactly. In this fashion. And and it sort of gives people like this I don't even I don't I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing. I haven't decided yet, but it sort of gives people this sort of um you know, scale to work off of people that don't have tattoos or know anything about tattooing can kind of say mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, you know, I know, that the lines are, yeah, I know that the lines are supposed to be clean and the color is supposed to be solid because I watch ink master. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know that, you know, this is supposed to happen or they know that, you know, pinups are notorious for getting fucked up. And, you know, they know that these, these sort of like nuances, they still don't understand fully, of course, how could they, but it sort of gives them, I feel like a little bit more knowledge and maybe that makes them feel more comfortable when they're choosing their own tattoo artists, if they decide to get tattooed. Um, but I yeah, agree. it's definitely, I, it's a, it's a great thing for the industry, of course, but yeah, I think they're definitely needed to be a change for the show itself in order to like keep it relevant and to to keep viewers and grow their whole mass of you know of viewers and their whole demographic because you know keeping it just about the art and everything you know some people do like the drama i've heard a couple times in the many years of hearing about the show i've I've only heard like three or four times that people love the drama but most of the time it's about the art that's been my experience too i feel like i can remember that it was only once for the most part and other people may not even mention it to me though. But one girl said, and it, it really pissed me off. She says, I just love it when those artists show their tattoos and they are just so proud. And then those judges just destroy them. And I was like, you fucking cunt. Right. It's terrible. It's honestly terrible to think about. And like other industries and, and other jobs don't have that sort of like spotlight put on them in that way even in like competition shows and stuff like mm-hmm. like think about like the food network like there's all those like hell's kitchen and fucking shows like that where it's like you know you're you're putting these like chefs to the tests and you know it's it's easy to judge tattoos because it's visual but like you know food shows like yeah they may be you can't under- taste that you yeah. can't like you might love it but just because these you know chef judges are saying that it's bad you're like oh this person sucks but like for yeah you don't come away with a definitive because at the same time there's one person that's like i love the broth and then the other person is like the broth doesn't have enough spice exactly where tattoos it's very easy for people to be like that's good or that's bad because they can all see it themselves that's the purpose of visual art in general is that you're making your you're you're seeing it for yourself and making your own deductions from that 
Well, when we when we get to the, the one that sent you home, the pug that we get judged on, I, I feel as though the judges are probably judging in some large amount, or at least I know Nico too. I don't think that, I just don't think they put chains on that kid because he burns with such a bright integrity and honor. Does that make any, like you feel that yes. too, am I wrong? Oh yeah. Okay. Nico was, Nico and Ami were always judging from like their core as tattooers who have established well. in, yeah nice. in this industry they've they've always they were always very much like this is how it's done this is good this is bad this is what we believe as tattooers it was and that's why like between the two seasons of the the two panels of judges this judging panel was absolutely phenomenal because we awesome. knew what to expect unfortunately with you know oliver and nunez what mm -hmm. they liked you know how right. they were sort of going to put things there, you know they, there they are many really misperceptions on art and art yes. theory itself that they would keep on reiterating until motherfuckers were thinking it was fact because two yep. traditionally trained artists said black makes things go back when they completely misunderstand that black brings things forward yes so yes yeah, so it was easy to sort of like play to what they we knew that they liked for mm -hmm. you know my first season it was like oh i'm a i'm mostly a neo-traditional and traditional tattooer they're gonna like my stuff you know because yeah. i do see things through that lens of like this is what makes tattoos look like tattoos and that's yeah. what they were looking for where these judges obviously come from completely different backgrounds and completely different art forms and, and all like that and and i think their goal this season which i appreciated was that they were trying to bring more of the art versus was the tattoo was it a split panel of judges with one decider then when they when you were judged on your final uh um it de I can't I remember think... how they voted. I don't think it was unanimous. I feel like it went back no, and forth I, and I then think there it was, was a deciding. Yeah, I think it was it was definitely um like up in the air for a little bit and I think somebody had to change their vote, but I honestly don't even remember. I watched it when it came out and then I haven't, I, same thing with the first season. I haven't watched it since it, since that it was came a, out. And it, it, it almost disappears in your mind as a recollection. Is that, yeah, like, I, don't, I, I, feel, don't I understand that. And that's probably a lot, you know, really weird to people listening. Like, how do you not remember? But when you're actually in it, unless you're creating it, you're just reacting you're not yeah. taking a, a constant record of events so much. You're just reacting like you would your normal life. And when we go back and we, we ask people about events throughout their day, and then you compare them to actual footage and studies and stuff, they're like, wow, your recollection is wrong a lot. Exactly. Yeah. People, you know, people perceive what they want to perceive. So yeah, living it is different than like looking back on it. And people are always like, "Why don't you you don't watch like your seasons again?" I was like, "Why the fuck would I watch my seasons again? Like I lived it. Like I don't oh, need yeah. to see this it's shit painful. again." <laughs> That's just painful. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm honest with like uh, it's take it took a lot to watch anything after. I I had watched some of my season, but mostly through like um premiere parties and things like this. Yep. But then it it's it watching anything further especially having friends on that you would really want to fight for you're seeing beautiful pieces you're just jaw dropping you're like that's gorgeous mm -hmm. and then to listen to the same contrived arguments i think one of the hardest like i watched and i'm probably going to say his name wrong i think it's chris valellas valellas but i always call him chris vale um oh, a, a mexican latino kid that did this 
beautiful black and gray work. And I saw him do this beautiful piece in black and gray. And they tried to have a criticism for him. And they ended up having it. And you, I was looking at it and their criticism just didn't, it was not even right. They were like, it looks too wrinkly on the lion's skin or something like that. And it was like, well, lion's skin's wrinkly. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why does it, but it didn't fit. And it was one of those times that you feel like somebody is going home because the narratives aren't right. The character isn't right. They, they exactly. need someone else to stay. Yep. yep. And it, it was the same thing on my first season when I got eliminated the first time I was, we like the, the, as we were standing up there getting judged, myself and Laura were actually like talking to each other, you know, between between filming and everything about what movie we were going to watch that night because it was so obvious that I wasn't going home. Like it was so completely obvious that Cam was going to go home and I was going to stay. And like we, we were so sure of it, like everybody in, in the room was basically so sure of it that we were making movie plans like, oh, on our next day off, we should watch this. And right. we were like making plans. And then all of a sudden it was like, uh, just kidding. Holly's going home. And I was like, oh, all right. I guess. <laughs> what? OK, sure. Big reaction, uh, Holly. What? what do you got? Yeah, I was like, uh, what? <laughs> I mean, I was like, I'm you're not going to get tears out of me. I get to go home to my husband. But like uh, that seemed wrong. Like, yeah. what? Really? I guess I didn't cause enough drama. And he did. And, you know, he went home the next episode. But, you know, he, he, you, he did it, a lot more drama. <laughs> To me, for that to work, you would need to have, as a producer, this is just going in straight conspiracy, things that we're not supposed to do, I suppose. But damn it, yeah. everybody feels it, right? Yep. There is a conspiracy guaranteed for everyone, either working for or against you, and sometimes both. And there's groups of people that are vested somewhat in your outcomes that are trying to write stories and trying to force situations yep. for reaction. And that is like the definition of a conspiracy, right? Yes. Even though the conspiracy is just to make uh, compelling footage, Absolutely. still you can suffer from that, you know? Um, so these, these, it feels to me for this to happen, you would have to have one judge's soft ear, like a judge with an understanding of the importance of making, and maybe two or three of them, of making interesting shows. Mm -hmm. and and then you might give them context that they weren't aware of or you would just tell them your your desires because at one set if i'm standing back with all the judges right and yep. we're looking over the artwork then we can say and not with this season i can't say this <laughs> you guys were so fucking talented it that's what i can say and that's for fucking sure <laughs> you guys were fucking talented like the the i when the um ink masters return to yep. challenge you guys it wasn't like oh my god they're in danger it was like man these these old ink masters they might have a hard time keeping up exactly yep for sure <laughs> like a hundred percent and um be because so i i wanted to say that sometimes you could sit down and you would look at if you were a judge and you were a producer say oh look at these eight people right here of the 16 they are not going to win yep. we know Yep. We know. So at any period that they go home for whatever purpose, we're fine. If any of them are interesting, though, dragging them on to other episodes could be a benefit. Absolutely. Now, then there's these other people. 
that we can most likely say we'll never make it. And after a certain progression of tattoos, we will have a determination on them. And when we make that determination, again, they can go home at any time as the story fits our desires. Exactly. And still, you could still walk away as a judge with an idea of integrity because you're not changing the end outcome. Meanwhile, exactly. you might be fucking yeah. with people like you are in my life. Chris Shockley, yeah. who yep. went home first, I think it was, and yep. didn't deserve. I don't I don't know that there was a worse piece that day than his, though. That's the hard part. Is that it was it was tough. But that guy's was, so good. Yeah, he's a fantastic illustrator and he's a fantastic person. And it, it sucked. And, uh, you know, he had some some troubles with some of the the reality scenes that they were sort of shooting that kind of like crushed him a little bit in his heart because he has such integrity as an artist and he just wants to do good work. And Mm -hmm. he, I don't think was sort of cut out for the whole like backstabbing high school sort of drama bullshit. Which is what he kind of put himself on the chopping block right away. And I think maybe we should develop almost scream type of rules for horror movies as translated to ink master. Yeah. Like number one, never put yourself down there. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, Everyone cause was like, they what love are you doing. Yeah. They love the storyline. Uh, he tried. He failed. Yep. You know, they love it. Yeah. Uh, you would have to come in if you're like riding high ego. Maybe Josh Payne could do it. You know what I mean? They'd yeah. be like, oh, we love this. This guy is the biggest heel ever. He's going to come in and he's going to say, I want to be down there for the, I want to go against your best. I don't give a fuck. And then he's yep. going to turn out something. And then when he does it, he'll go around like the cock of the fucking yep. uh, hen house and he'll feel so fucking awesome. He'll be strutting around upstairs and we will film it and we'll have gold. But yep. other people doing that, like Chris Shockley, a quiet person, you're like, oh yeah, we're going to enjoy watching you make you're this You're going to crash and burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So number yeah. one, I don't know. That's if you're writing the story for yourself, an Ink Master contestant, you want to make some kind of scream rules like never put yourself down there. Um, never say you, you're not passionate about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't don't insult everybody else in the room. Never say that out loud. <laughs> what else would you would you, would you add? You kind of did it like uh, you don't insult the judges, I'm guessing. Yeah. Never insult the judges. Um. I suppose, yeah, just like no, not really no talking back, but it also depends we, on the, the the panel of judges too, because this judging panel actually like asked us for, you know, our reactions as other tattooers on specific issues. Like if they were torn between mm-hmm. which two pieces should go home, they would like genuinely and honestly ask us our opinion as artists, which was right. actually really awesome because, you know, it was more so like, not that they were like in charge of us or anything. It was more so like you guys are our peers and we want to hear your opinions and reactions to help us, you know, make this decision. They treated you with a lot of respect in that case. Absolutely. And I, and it might've been just because we were, you know, an all-star season and we had already, you know, been through the ringer before some of us multiple times and, (laughs) you know, and so they, they kind of knew what to expect from us as artists and, and the, the sort of level of work that we already were creating. So they knew that they could trust our opinions and they wouldn't be bullshit, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I think it does. I, I believe I saw it. They didn't, I think they put some of that on film, actually, was when they asked you guys what you thought of it. And they yeah. took it into consideration, actually. And yeah. why not? Was there a guest judge? Uh, were you there for any guest judges? Um. 
I was not, but I think, what was her name? Ruby Rose or something was a guest judge at one point for one of the episodes. I don't think I, I was there for that one, but um, but I, I heard that she was like a like a guest judge. And I don't know, she has a lot of crappy tattoos, so I don't, but I don't <laughs> know. then again, so does Dave Navarro. So yeah, <laughs> Apparently isn't that funny when they'll have a guest judge on and you're like, why the fuck? You're this... not a tattoo, like, what, what are you doing yes. here? This kind of makes us look desperate. Do we need this? Is this what yeah. we, we need? A, a baseball pitcher? Exactly. Like it was different when they had like Rose Hardy and like, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. actual tattooers that are f- phenomenal tattooers on there. Chewy yeah. Quintanara and Nico Hurtado himself. Exactly. When they had actual like well-known, amazing tattooers as guest judges, it made sense. But to have like celebrities that have shit tattoos come on and and talk shit about actual good tattoos is interesting who is is Ro- ruby rose was she the um um the trans was was there a transgender girl on there or, or something like that or uh, was there I, a... I think she's i don't even she might just be like non-binary i don't really know okay um but i know that she's sort of like androgynous like she that's how she kind of got famous and she was on uh was that orange is the new black she was like one of the inmates on okay orange or something like that. Yeah, uh, I gave up on uh Ken Kenji Cohen, Genji Cohen, whatever whoever the author is of that the uh his series fuck that dude and his fucking stupid. I I didn't want to watch it go from what uh was it Weeds? I think that was what he was first in charge of. And oh, the yeah. first two seasons of Weeds I thought was awesome and then everything after that just turned to shit. I, they made you hate the main character. I was like, I don't want to fall in love with one or two seasons of somebody just then, end up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Orange is the New Black. I feel like there was like 50 million seasons and then it, like you needed the first two and that was about it. <laughs> okay. See, that's the way I felt about most of us. I, I think uh, a lot of these things, they take time off. If you watch them in their writing, you will see that, you know, uh, Cohen there, Genji Cohen, Kenji go. Uh, he will write, you know, two or three to six uh, episodes out of a 13, 10 to 13 series, right? Mm-hmm. But then, and they will be the plot progressors. And then there's going to be some filler episodes where people just kind of squeeze some shit in with other characters. Yep. You know, and they yeah. don't really progress the plot. They're kind of just stalemates or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. The more now it goes to season three and you're like, He's only writing two of the episodes. It's the fucking first one in the finale, you know? Yep. Me drinking Mai Tais and some fucking sandals somewhere. Not even concerned about it. They need your direction, man. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like the same. I, I, every t- I, I, I yearn for series, I guess. It's a terrible thing for me. Like Handmaid's Tale turns to shit. Game Everybody. of Thrones, great, yeah. turns to shit. I got through the first like four seasons of Game of Thrones and then it like gets real fucking slow for no reason. And I was like, I'm bored. Uh, yeah. I've seen the episode, but nothing. The which episode? Four, like the last episode. Between mm-hmm. season four and the last episode, I could tell you nothing about it. <laughs> well, honestly, even from that, you didn't miss out on too much. Like That's the last I- episode was, or, or you wouldn't have been too impressed, I guess, because the last episode was pretty, in my opinion, kind of unspectacular. They tied up some loose ends and then they all gave a little laugh about uh, about citizens being able to govern themselves and probably pissed me off a little bit. Just my libertarian little ideas of the way the world could work and would be better. But I oh, people can govern themselves. That's so foolish. And they left. 
Oh, well. Yeah. That's me commenting on art. And uh, and that's not what we're here for, Holly. I'm sorry. Let's talk (laughs) about you. Let's get these Redditors um, questions ready and let's actually destroy a few of their hopes and dreams right away. We want to mention these ones' names. I apologize. We're not going to mention your names um, in this case. But Holly Marie is married, happily married. And uh, if you were hoping he was a douchebag or something, (laughs) nope. He's fucking awesome. Alex is fucking awesome. Awesome. I really love that guy. We met him before you. And yep. we were just yep. like, this guy's cool. And then I think through conversation, he was talking about his wife or something. And I didn't catch, you know, like it was almost like it was, you know, well, of course, you know that I'm married to Holly Marie, you know, and I didn't. And then we met you and you were awesome, too. Had no idea that you were uh, on the ink mess or that you were, as, uh, you know, what is it? star power now that your star was burning so bright at the time i guess it you was were, <laughs> you were down to earth a normal person and yep. uh and me I, it's, it's funner to meet ink masters like that because if when when we I wasn't watching the show because sometimes we might see them and see them at their worst and exactly. ha- have a preconceived notion of that so anyways uh sorry redditors you you yep. do not have a Saturday available for dates, do you? <laughs> nope, nope, no dating. Okay. I got I got me a good man. He, he is awesome guy, man. I he's he's hilarious. Yeah, if you want to say good he heart, if you want him to. That's what's that? He could say hi if you want him to. He's sitting right here. He's right here. Oh yeah. shit! Now you got me gushing. I'm, 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 I sound like I got a man crush on your dude. Oh, <laughs> what's up, Alex? What's Kyle, that? Kyle How you doing, brother? Dunbar. How are you? How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm fantastic. I'm here working on my model train set. Are you serious? Yeah, hundred percent. I got a couple of Q9 locomotives. I've got a full two scale CSX line of uh, Lower South Carolina. Uh huh. Yeah. You're it's not really even t- kidding me a bit. I it, can hear your wife uh, laughing in the background. Yeah. I hope she's like. Takes up a lot of Holly time. looks like she jumped out of uh like a Blondie's um video. Hell yeah. Yeah, Holly. You're looks happy about like... that? Okay, that's not a bad description of you. And her um with this avant-garde and wild edge that she has, she and her husband are sitting at home pouring over model train sets, huh? Yeah. Uh well applying I... decals. Yeah, that's because I you know, I have more refined tastes. I think Holly's <laughs> mm-hmm. got some sort of reality show or something that she's a couple of seasons into. Um, do, do you smoke as a pipe? So I'm not I'm not big on the on the vices. Uh, so, uh-huh. no, I've got more of like a, I'm really into these uh, Mexican sodas now. Uh, uh-huh. They're jaritos. They come in all sorts of flavors and they're like a like a seltzer. So that's kind of mm, <laughs> take one bougie. of those rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like it's just water in there? So it's like bougie water. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's I think it's water from the heartland of uh, South America. So it's tasty. Is that good? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That, is that dangerous? Well, I, I don't know what we can trust anything anymore. I, I don't sulfur think that, in the rainwater. Oh uh, mm-hmm. yeah, none of this stuff is real anymore, Kyle. You know that, and and also, but I think uh, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. So there's <laughs> that. How, how that's are you, an interesting though? but you know when you get down to it some of this is going to kill you 
what pursuit oh, Kyle, of strength please. on the pursuit of strength, then you could die very easily. How am I doing? I'm thing that's I'm fantastic. Kill me is a is a, a rogue vehicle as I'm illegally jaywalking. That's probably the only thing that could take <laughs> take this old old body down. You think? Okay, right on. Yeah, they made that a disease like a- yet. There's not one melting in the permafrost of Alaska waiting to come down and wipe you out. That's what's going to that's what's going to cure us and save us. It's something like that. <laughs> well, I'm actually this is kind of a first for the podcast and I'd like to ask it. My wife is interested for me to ask this cuz she had to go through the viewership process, right? Of like being kind of behind being the person consoling me every day and giving me strength or whatever to be like a you know to face the fucking assholes what was you that? mean uh berating you on on the little 10 minute phone calls you guys each got you know you got each day yeah. telling you you know you're the best one there put your nose to the grindstone and take no prisoners what well, is that was that you were you back there i run a tight ship Kyle's wings yeah, yeah, I, I, I was the wind beneath her. I was the uplifting uh, light at the end of the tunnel for her. No, seriously, I, I do know that you guys support each other. Like, it's it's fun for a couple like my wife and myself out on the road to see other couples happy, um, supporting each other, not backbiting or whatever. You know, like, you're mm-hmm. like, that's a great, it's cool to see that. It gives us Wonderful. hope, you know. So oh, from that, though, being honest, what was what what are you going through when you're um talking with your wife on a daily basis she's unloading i'm i gotta figure that's what's happening i'm telling my wife every day i'm like i might i might be coming home tomorrow Uh, holly's probably saying similar things what are you doing so it's it's nerve-wracking because um you know all of us as you know i speak for devoted husbands here um Mm -hmm. we don't want we share in the 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 riches and you know the spoils the the you know the wins and the losses so having to hear that maybe they didn't have a critique uh that went the way they thought it was gonna go or you know there's a little bit of drama maybe with a, with another co-star mm-hmm. uh it's tough and you can't do anything um as i'm yeah. sure your lovely wife experienced i mean sometimes you want to say you, you want to be there you want to have you know the physical touch um, the shoulder to cry on and say, Hey, you know, we're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. But in that moment, um, words are going to have to suffice. Uh, right. so in my infinite wisdom, I pretty much just, uh, I, I did like, um, took the approach of a, of a father and a little league coach rolled into one, uh, okay. and try to take the emotion out of it. Um, you say, hey, kid, after this, it don't matter what you do. We're going for ice cream. We're going for ice cream. Absolutely. But right now we have a job to do. Um, I, I like to use the term we because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. she does all the work and she is she is the absolute talent. But, uh, you know, I'm there. I'm there carrying stuff and, uh, you know, working behind the scenes, spinning the yeah. cranks, turning the, yeah. the shafts. Yeah. Yeah. Lubing the shafts and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> It was actually uh, not we're going for ice cream. It was you got to work right now. And then when you get home, we'll go to Puerto Rico. We'll, we'll take a nice vacation. Well, that was the last one. But the, yeah. f- the first one was uh, uh, we were both. So I don't know. I I, I think that. Uh-huh. Where, where'd you take it? Oh, uh, Outback Steakhouse after the first one. But <laughs> yeah. the second one we was... went. She took me to Puerto Rico. Yeah. So I was like, I need oh, a vacation. Awesome. You're coming with me, obviously. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's just, um, you know, we both saw as probably you and, and your wife saw the, what this could do, what this platform and what this show and what this experience could bring to our family. Um, and that mm. outweighed any sort of momentary, um, emotional struggle or any, you know, in the moment, I think we all feel, um, maybe like things weren't put in the best light but at the end of it all i i think uh we you know we get to travel now um mm-hmm. you know, and she is just she's done just so much with it and, and i can couldn't be prouder but yeah i was i was probably terrible on those phone calls those late at night because as you know it's the time difference so you're when you're done shooting the call comes in at, you know what time did they let you guys off sometimes it was midnight yeah well was- for us we were in the time, same time zone well, we were so too, we were but it was lucky still, that. Yeah, it was oh, still, okay. Yeah, it was so late. And then this previous season was actually not filmed in New Jersey, where it normally was. It was actually filmed in Vancouver, so we had a three-hour uh, time difference on top of, you know, getting out at, you know, eleven or sometimes one in the morning for filming because their filming schedule there was absolutely ridiculous. Well, so that one probably helped you guys a little bit, though, right? Because isn't that three hours that that gives your old man a couple of minutes to stay up, right? Like now it's not at twelve o'clock. Now it's at uh eleven. Well, it actually, it yeah, was it was at four the, in the morning. Yeah, it would be. I would oh. get. Yeah, yeah. Opposite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me explain to you how time zones work because <laughs> I too didn't quite understand them. I would get out at like uh-huh. one in the morning, and it would be like four in the morning here, and I would be. I would just like shoot him a text that you know everything was okay or whatever. Like I don't want to wake you up, and then he would call me anyway. I would wake him up. <laughs> Uh, well, also, that makes why it makes sense why all my West Coast friends are like, "Can you quit bugging me all the time?" Yeah, Kyle, when when uh, you were when you went through the ringer, it was also I think there was a little bit of a a technology disadvantage because you know now we're in the digital age where there's FaceTime and all that kind of stuff, right. and I'm sure you just had a, a landline you were calling <laughs> right and you were penning some sort of letter back home to your wife to let her there know. was yeah. there were ways to facetime i didn't oh, know there, that i trust oh, him skype, yeah maybe it was skype. And, yeah and uh i think joey so he, he him and his wife were they were sending videos or something of you know whatever <laughs> telegraph or something like that yeah there was one moment when uh, i i'm gonna say it fuck it I don't think he'd mind. <laughs> yeah, Joey, uh, who has a beautiful wife who is like a fitness model, like literally like she jumps on stage in a bikini and is like, look how fit I am and I'm going to win and y'all bitches ain't as fit as me. Mm. So like yeah. that's like a thing that she does. And Joey, uh, at one point, he was super stoked in the morning and there was just like no change in his mood. He was just happy as fuck. And we're like, one of um, I think it was Litwalk or possibly Craig was like, "What's going on?" And he says, "I may or may not have gotten a video from my wife last night." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no Facetime or you know, like uh, nobody using the hot tub. I, I I feel like Halo figured something out with all his technical genius, because at one point I believe he was taking a really nice long candle lit bath. Oh, um, and <laughs> yeah, like. In like, the creepy the hot fuck? tub. In the creepy hot tub. Yeah, you remembered the house in Ironbound then. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. had awesome facilities, but especially by the time you got in it, you really got to trust the cleaning staff. Yeah. Ah, it was, it was oh, wet. Yeah. It was well worn. Yeah, we actually didn't use 
that hot tub the entire time because we were so disturbed by the amount of contestants that had no doubt used previously it seasons previous <laughs> you didn't say hey i want to relax a little bit no nope. i'm gonna need some scrubbing bubbles nope i would have used that hot tub uh yeah creepy had talked about it uh and well and it's in his name yeah I was you would have like, thought yeah, that he would have been excited about it like not wash it yeah he was uh he was very excited to use it continually asked everybody if they wanted to hot tub with him and nobody would and so i don't think he actually did the entire time but he did talk about it right on he just wanted to double up up in there huh it's like let's oh, yeah. get all cozy yeah let's take a nice a nice long soak yeah that does it, it sounds very creepy now jason's one of these he is a character like he was one of the people who went on knowing that he was going to be providing them with a character acting as Absolutely. a character and yeah. being so when filming stops what were the differences in the roles that you experienced there was there any uh said dr jekyll mr hyde kind of stuff uh creepy is honestly pretty genuine in terms of like he the way he comes across on camera is 100% the way he comes across in person. He just is himself. Um, so even, you know, it was the more season, the dress for him. Yeah. Then. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he definitely in real life dresses a little bit more punk rock with like studded vests and shit like that. And mm -hmm. but, you know, in person, he's like exactly the same as he comes across on the show in both seasons. And And I think the only difference between our first season together versus our second was he had his sort of like alliance in the first season uh with cam and laura and obviously him and laura made it to the finale um but he sort of had like his little like double life thing alliance secretiveness going on there but then in the second season together it was he was much more like yeah i don't really care about that stuff like i, I just i'm just here to be here kind of thing but so, were you able to trust him then he had, he had had this secret alliance prior um i did feel like i could trust him just because we kind of bonded a little bit more than we did in the, in the first season together for sure we definitely hung out a lot more on this season and became closer as competitors and sort of as friends than we had in the first season so i did feel like i could trust him and especially i was always like arm's length of course with everybody but um I think that's just kind of the nature of how the show is filmed now where you can't really trust anything anybody says because undoubtedly somebody's in alliance with somebody else and they're going to talk shit about you. So kind of try right. and keep keep it as, uh, you know, as, as socially distanced as possible, especially. I feel like the, um, I, the I was there prior to, say, alliances. I don't know if in the first season or the second season there were really any alliances that I've ever seen showcased. And the third season we felt the producers working towards making us have these alliances. Oh yeah. And they actually, there was conversation mostly led by Jimmy Litwak of honor integrity as artists. And I don't know that it was wrong. But then there was season four, there was an absence of uh, say Litwak's presence and, or that kind of a, a, a theory. And I go on back and I watch, and there's an alliance between yep. two of my friends and they end up going to the finale. And then it seemed after that alliances became a regular. It was a norm. Yeah. yeah. It, it became so much of a norm that like, obviously like in my first season, there was that secret alliance. And then so much so that in, in this most recent season, I think it was 
pretty much episode one after like learning about you know us all learning who each other was and what seasons we were on and competing for a little bit as one of the first actual scenes that we did like for like reality uh immediately producers came in and said okay who's who wants who's doing alliances like you want to be in alliance with the person oh yeah it was completely completely fourth wall oh yeah like they 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 step behind it and they start mentioning it wow right in front of everybody too not even in front of everybody they had kind of split us off you know where it was um well then they're trying to force some alliances then because they have to make it comfortable for people to even say the alliance oh yeah uh for sure i mean i did i think i had done a scene with katie and deanna and Mm -hmm. immediately they came in and like they were like you guys should be an alliance like who's doing an alliance Uh, yeah you know are you inviting angel in because she's a girl too and it's uh, i was like i don't want to do the whole girl power thing i had to do that the first season and it didn't get me super far but dumb that season it is hard to watch no offense it's there's great talent on there i feel bad that the it it is dumb though that fucking guys against girls that they you it feels so contrived it doesn't feel like the contestants want to emphasize that part and it seems like the editing selected those parts where they might mention anything like that oh yeah and then tried to use it so they could frame the stupid narrative that nobody's going along with in reality i know and and it was kind of funny because in you know interviews and things that i'd done previously about that first season men versus women um you know i did some podcasts and stuff like that with people who that was like their first you know thing it was you know a group of of female tattooers and you know asking us you know oh have you you know seen so much dis- difference between the way men and women are treated in this industry and like all the other girls were like yay rah rah feminism and i was like nah dude like i get a lot of clientele just because i'm a woman like i mm-hmm. i don't see a difference like i'm using it to my advantage of course but right like i i don't see it as a disadvantage like I think I was just even, you know, I started in this industry when I was 17 and, and I didn't see be, I, I didn't let myself get used in any regards in that way. First rule of a uh, tattooing road, I believe is don't get fucked figuratively yeah. or literally. Exactly. Like if you're willing to, you know, go that route to try and get an apprenticeship as a woman or, or whatever, like that's on you, baby girl. Like you let yourself get taken advantage of because as a 17 year old, typically won't go good. Yeah. As a 17 year old walking into a tattoo shop for the first time, you know, from a very sort of conservative, uh, sheltered family and Mm -hmm. me not allowing myself to get taken advantage of, there's no reason that anyone should allow themselves to get taken advantage of in that way. And I'm, I was naive. It does happen. It does I, 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 I don't mean to put shame on anybody and I'm sure you don't either. Obviously that this yeah. happens too, but if you're in the, if you you're finding, I, I believe what we're all saying is if you find yourself in that situation, then get yourself out of that. So don't exactly. be in that situation. Exactly. Like, if you at all feel threatened or anything like that, or that something's not mm-hmm. going the way that you're comfortable with fucking leave, there's nothing stopping you. This is America. You are free. Go somewhere yeah. where they're going to respect you. And if you don't think that, that you can find That person that place, is doing that is not going not to ever help you. Yeah. yeah in the end, that, yeah. I, so many times, I, I appreciate talking about that because I, I'm going to talk about just a little bit more and get off of it, I guess. But of 
young girls, uh, especially even with their fathers, will sometimes come up to me wanting to be in the industry, inspired because of what possibly they saw on the show. Yep. And they'll ask me questions of it, and I'll tell the father as much as I can. I'll tell the young girl, depend, you know, as, as matter-of-factly as I can, that that is the first rule. Don't get fucked. And I, I mean figuratively and literally, and I'll tell their fathers more easily, actually. <laughs> so I have to dance around this, depending on age, obviously. But I have to say, you have to watch out for yourself. You have to have the strength to say no to a possible mentor because we don't have an approval apprenticeship. And here's what I want your, you to do as dad. You check this mofo out. You check yep. his history. He go over his criminal record and you watch him closely. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Polish and, your gun in front of him, whatever you have to do. Yeah. Yep. And, and and that's the thing is like, so there's this whole like, especially on that season in particular, there was this whole narrative of, you know, oh, women have it so hard and there's so few mm -hmm. of us in the industry. And, you know, and they're obviously that's changing. You know, we had yeah. so many. I remember season. my wife's been tattooing for as long almost as we've been together which is over 20 years. And there was a yeah. time when people would see her drawing their tattoo as she's getting ready to do it. And they'd be like, so when, when he gets done with his tattoo, he's going to do mine. You know, and she'd be like, no, I'm yeah, doing yeah. it. And they really had, there were hard times. Some people even walked away. But, oh yeah. I've had that happen before as well. Okay. You have, yeah. you have experienced that even oh, I, yeah. I'm figuring that in this new age that it, it didn't occur as often. Was this earlier on or is it still oh, happening? Yeah. It, it doesn't happen anymore. And I think rep, rep, uh, reputation like precedes me in, in most of that regard where like if people are coming to me now and even after the first season, like they knew what they were, they knew they were coming for me. You know, they, they, it wasn't anything to do with like, you know, I, I didn't, I don't really take walk-ins anymore. So it was never like a, a surprise to them. Like they knew that they were booking with me, but you know, when I first started, you know, 10 years ago, yeah, there would be times when, you know, people would look through portfolios and say, I want the guy that did this. And I'd say, you're looking at him. And they would be like, no, but like, where's the dude that did this? <laughs> I would reiterate, you know, as this tattoo was obviously done with a penis. Yeah. I needed a penis to do this. This was, yeah, this is clearly there's sperm involved here. And uh, yeah, they, they wouldn't believe me and they'd want a guy to do it. Um, that, did, did you see that shift throughout your, um, I know you I know people come to you now and they're booking you up, but did you see that shift prior to Ink Master that the general population, especially in my opinion, after Kat Von D started oh, yeah. to be like, nope, girls tattooing is just fine. If they have hands, they can tattoo. Exactly. And it I did see a shift. And I think for myself, uh, it was more so with the confidence of the more tattoos I did, obviously, I kind of gained that confidence and being like, no, I did this. And if you want to get tattooed like this, you'll get tattooed by me. And yeah. there was that sort of shift. And also, like, it is uh, a bit unnerving, I can see as a client that doesn't have tattoos or, or many tattoos coming in and seeing this like 18 year old girl that's like, oh, yeah, sit down. Like, I look like I've been tattooing for 20 minutes. Uh, but right. I wonder if there weren't. Wasn't yeah, an, an amount of that even prior that wasn't so much about you being a girl was the it combination was so of being young. Yeah, me being yeah. a young girl in a tattoo shop because I was young um, and I looked young. <laughs> so it, it was sort of I, I think it was more so like an age thing than than specifically mm -hmm. a gender thing. But I think they sort of played hand in hand. Um, but there was but then Ink Masters yeah. run. Yeah, I'm sorry. But Ink oh, Masters okay. running this narrative and happy to run it at this point. 
I'm thinking that they were making a push since prior to Ryan Ashley to have a larger female viewership. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we felt like mm-hmm. women get more tattoos than men now. So why wouldn't you mar- try to market to the female demographic? You know, that more women are getting tattooed than men most of the time. And that's just like an actual statistic. That's just a fact. Um, now, Lyle Tuttle uh, talked about the boom of tattooing occurred when women started to burn their bras in Haight-Ashbury, yep. who's out there in San Francisco. And if you think about it, you know, just by numbers, if only men got tattooed at one point, and then it opened up to women as well, that's a, that's such a huge increase in numbers. Yep. You know, you just doubled your population of prospective clients and tattoo wearers yep and and that's the thing is so i i don't i don't see it so much so as like a like boohoo women don't get treated as well and and whatever so it was a tough narrative to follow for me especially because like where yes i was you know on my first season Luckily, I had I was working and I still am working at a shop that is owned by a woman and run by a woman. But like I've been in only shops before that that were just men. I was the only girl ever in a shop Uh, and I was used to that. So I was kind of like used to dudes and I'm used to like that sort of like blue collar way that you talk about, you know, you you fuck with your your coworkers and like you you talk shit and that's kind of the way it is. And like to go to this like super sensitive like feminists like you can't say that about me i have feelings like i didn't vibe with the other girls on the women's uh, team in that season because of that and luckily a lot of those scenes where i was like you know talking shit to my teammates and in some instances making them cry <laughs> was really cut out. oh yeah oh uh, i haven't seen i haven't gotten to the, or it was cut out when you made somebody cry i uh in the first the first episode actually thankfully the men's team was on the bottom because if the women's team had gone to the bottom the first episode. Uh, I would have been the bitch of the season because I made Janelle cry. <laughs> because I, I had to pack her bag. She didn't have what it took. Okay. <laughs> she was she was crying about me not treated treating her right or 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 mm. having to redo the tattoo parts of the tattoo that she tattooed because we had to do a collaboration. And I was like, yeah, you fucked it up, so I had to fix it. Like right on fucked up lines, and I'm not fucking you know. This yeah, how, how do I how do I not address this? This is yeah, this is why we're on a team. Yeah. If you can't handle that, then you should probably leave because what do you think this competition is? And that sort of like fucking around with my coworkers and like that blue collar mentality of like, yo, if you can't handle this, like get the fuck out. What are you doing here? It wasn't it wasn't appreciated amongst the girls. <laughs> mm-hmm. I follow. And and then you're but they're trying to put on this this affront. Or, or this idea that everybody is going to easily walk into, okay, it's a battle of the sexes. We hate you guys. You guys hate us. And let's fight. Yeah. When in reality. Almost against what females have strived for. Am I wrong? Or that you've, tr- women striving to be treated equally. Equally. The battle like of sexes ideas doesn't show equality. It begins to try to show a superiority. Yes, absolutely. And it, and it divides us even further where instead of just being like, yeah, women can tattoo just as, as well as men mm-hmm. and, you know, in many instances better sometimes, you know, um, it, it doesn't matter what gender we are. It, it then puts that emphasis on like we're separate and we 
don't want to be treated equal. We want to prove that we're better. Yeah, that yeah. superiority thing. When and what what if do we imagine then? It's easy for me in my conspiratorial mind to imagine then that they had contrived or at least the idea that a woman had to win that season. Oh yeah, for sure. If a woman didn't win that season, this that season, uh, people would have been up in arms. Could you imagine if a woman didn't it, win Battle of the Sexes? It does seem, I, I hadn't thought about it prior to that, but it seems like you're really doing a disservice if a male wins because i mean or at least to your own narrative that you've been running the whole time yep. and that women have been unequally and unfairly treated in this and then a, a woman loses to a man and, it's, and then you're almost saying well i guess they kind of you know they always suck yeah they sucked so they deserved it yeah exactly so yeah a woman had to win and that's why you know creepy was was third place and then danny and laura were were the top two it was going to be a woman so mm -hmm. at that point, it didn't matter. A woman and they had to have a man to beat. <laughs> Am I yes. wrong as well? Exactly. It might have only been better, I guess, if there were two men to beat. Yeah, but that would have been that would have been the real thing. Then you would have had you would like nowhere to put your odds on. Does Vegas carry odds on this? Yeah, right. I wonder. Um, I might start yeah, betting. I think the only way to actually like in in like in reality doing some sort of like equality thing would be to actually just get the same amount of men and women on each season versus like having like two or three women and the rest of the contestants be men where oh, so, all, yeah yeah it, so it make it not about them fighting but just have equal representation equal, yeah on your own damn show you fucking stupid contrived show it's exactly. crazy that you would try and suggest something is wrong in the industry that has been running fine without you when you actually have been giving us the perception of that by yep. your own casting exactly you are the ones that have been giving the the win to men for seasons mm -hmm. you know sarah miller should yeah. have won too not steve teft Oh, if you know I, what? I wanted to get to that, too, because you know what? You're in not that you don't know, but you're yeah. in Connecticut as well. Absolutely. Right. Down How the close from to Mr. You're that close. Uh, we are like three blocks from each other. Did you open up before him or after him? Who's so, the bad guy here? So the shop that I work at now uh -huh. is actually the shop that Steve Teft did his apprenticeship at way back in the day. So um, Steve's so the bad guy. So Steve went uh, went on Ink Master and won, and then mm -hmm. he actually tried to to close down the shop that he had worked for and learned at by stealing all of the artists and opening his own shop with his Ink Master money. But it didn't work, obviously. The shop is still open, alive and well and thriving. <laughs> my, my eyes are wide. Yep. Um, <laughs> so. that's, a, that's the same. That's the tried and true story uh of the scoundrel inside of our industry you work for somebody for several years you get into your own uh clientele um and then, and then you, you open up across the street yep. and, and and my my former like the person who told me about it was a guy who was hiring me at the time and he was like that shit ain't happening uh like you know he was basically letting me know that there would be bikers coming to beat my ass or break my hands yeah, right. yeah. The uh, but he, he also said the idea then would be he's like, I know what you're what you, these kids plan. Come to work for me, build up your clientele, open up a shop halfway or crown. Oh, uh, close down an hour later, open an hour earlier. 
Yep. She said, I don't feel like waking up that early. So fuck you. Listen, yeah, exactly. things were done a little bit different, but it's, that's what, how shit goes now. Everybody that's a year out of their apprenticeship is opening their own like private studios and books closed and <laughs> shit like that. Well, if they're closing their books, I, I, you know, more power to them. Even if they're not probably more power to them. I like the, I like the dirt somehow in this industry still, you know? Oh, yeah, I do. That makes, like, like uh, th there's always been this grimy appeal to it, and we it's really varnished nowadays and pretty clean. It is. And it, it definitely is. I do miss the grit of it a little. I, I do miss the, you know, sort of mm -hmm. scary aspects of being a tattoo artist. And yeah, I miss the grit. The humor I find still funny. So I continually, if somebody introduced me to their apprentice, I might like be like, oh, turn around for a second, you know, to the person be like, what do you mean? Just be like, I'm just checking to see if she's got a hole there yet. I don't know if you're going to get a knife in the back. This is your apprentice. Huh? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I like to act like I don't want to treat apprentice like humans anymore. Cause now they want my job. You know, they're like, Hey, this is my apprentice. I'm like, Oh, right on. You went from being a human to a piece of shit. You want my job. Huh? You want me <laughs> to teach you how to fish a fishing hole too? Yep. <laughs> you know, you can, you can just be across the fucking river from me, wave at me and exactly. take all my fish. Yep. Oh, ha ha yep. Kyle. Just because I <laughs> am willing to do the hard work at half the price doesn't mean that you should feel threatened. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, I'm getting off my, but that's to me, that's a humor that has to stay like, because that's part of tattooing. It has been. And um, I don't know now, now Steve's on the scoundrel end of it. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, aside from being ripped off, taking the, um, taking the art, the artists of another shop is considered yeah, it's, low. It's a little grimy for sure. He also <laughs> tried to steal our website and link it to like porn website or something too. This was before I was. Well, that there. would just help you guys get traffic. <laughs> know, right? That was foolish. Yeah. I was That's... like, oh. <laughs> Did he at least try to link it to some unpopular porn, you know, like peanut butter porn or something? Uh, I have no idea, honestly. This was all just what I was told when I, uh, when I started at this shop. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's some of them you couldn't, you know, you would really screw yourself over. You know, if you just linked it to Pornhub, then it's like you might end up. I, I, I know uh, musicians that are, they post their stuff on Pornhub. And they're like, no, nah, I actually get fucking hits. I'm That's making money. Fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like, uh, you know, it's, it's widely searched, but people get bored. Yeah. Just put a bunch of hashtags in there. Can you imagine somebody waiting through the video just like, I don't know, is the porn coming up? Is it, am I going to see boobs or what? <laughs> yeah, a lot of cowboys and fucking wide open spaces, but I don't see any titties. I see uh, no tits glass. Moving on then, to, but let's talk about Steve Teff because he shows up. He's in your neighborhood. You work at his former shop. You guys probably see each other at the Whole Foods or at all least the, the Walmart. All the time. <laughs> yeah he, uh, so here you are way the fuck four hours time zone difference in vancouver yeah. uh in canada whole country away i and thought i could escape him I walks couldn't. through the door <laughs> uh, i was like really really you weren't excited you were like oh good a friendly face uh not i don't know i uh, he's a local so i have you know I'm I'm nice to him when I see him and you know mm -hmm. and I'm amicable of course. 
Um, he's a longtime friend. He's going to listen. I'm going to make him listen to the podcast. I'm going to see him in Massachusetts. <laughs> so say something that would really bother him now. Uh, he says play way too much. Way too oh, much. He does say play, play doesn't he? Too much. Too much player. Nobody's a player. <laughs> right um, on. Yeah. It was, I was like, really? I had to come all the way to Vancouver to get away from you, and here you are. <laughs> so did that, was that part of, did that take any window to your sales too, honestly, or? No, not at all, actually. Yeah. I was, I was not, um, not threatened too much. Originally, it was the idea that international stars were going to be coming over and challenging the superstars that you guys are. Is that That's what I heard for was the reason that we were initially supposed to be in Canada. And then I don't know what happened. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, these masters are coming back, but it I is weird that they pick Canada for that. I feel like Canada is the harder place to get into uh, for many. Like I yeah. can't get into it unless I prove to him that I'm a citizen. You're like, Nope, you got to, you know, assault yeah, on a police officer or something. Yeah. And especially since, um, you know, you can't go in with a DUI. So that eliminates fucking 90 percent of tattooers let's be honest um and also <laughs> <laughs> and also um it's, it's it was filmed during covid like pretty much right. you know at the tail end of covid but it was still for canada it was super strict it was right they were fun. very mad about uh so people much. coming from michigan over boating you know across the great lakes and yep. going over there unmasked through their stores it was a big thing for them because oh yeah they looked down on i mean as a Canadian, I know they kind of look down on us and laugh. They're like, "Oh, look at you fools with your warm weather." Exactly, exactly. And and we weren't allowed to pretty much do anything because of COVID. Everything was, you know, we had to wear masks to go to the bathroom and and masks here and and everything there. And it didn't make any sense because you know we had to wear masks when we were backstage with each other, even though we didn't have to wear masks when we were on camera with each other. So it didn't really make any sense, but, uh, what, how did Steve take this? I love this already. Cause I know Steve is not a big fan of masks. Um, at all. I don't really think I ever saw him wear a mask. If we're being honest, I don't know okay. how he got away with it. He, he, he just said, Hey, listen, to player. I'm not wearing it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he probably got away with it just by always having a drink in his hand. So they could say he was drinking something and, and didn't need to wear a mask. <laughs> That is something Steve would say. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to put it back on. I'm just taking a drink. And then yeah, he would exactly. take a drink in front of you. And they would do it so slow that you would turn your eyes away. And then he'd act like, oh, yeah, I just forgot. Oh, but I'm going to put it on because I'm going to take a drink. Right after I take this drink, he would take another drink. Now exactly. you're going to get him drunk. Oh, yeah. Is that, uh, it, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Uh, mal malicious compliance. <laughs> yeah, now you got me drunk. Time. How do you fucking like that? You going to film today? So somebody catches COVID though. Oh yeah. It was Did so you funny. catch it yourself or not? Oh, it was hilarious because I had gotten eliminated and then I was, you know, I did my um, interviews and all of that shit like the next two days or whatever. And then mm -hmm. like the third day I'm getting on an airplane to come back home to Connecticut and I'm watching the group chat blow up from the airport like from the inside the airport like who the fuck got mm. covid like you're fucking this up uh, <laughs> x y and z so katie had gotten covid oh. and, and they're yelling at her well they were like they were trying to figure it out who it was because they had 
quarantined everybody to their separate hotel rooms. Right. We were staying at a hotel because they didn't have, a, you know, a loft for us to stay in, of course. Um, so we, we were quarantined to like, they were all quarantined to their individual rooms um, because uh-huh. apparently a, a staff, a couple staff members or something had tested positive because we would get tested every two days. Um, mm-hmm. And then they tested them like two or three times in the same day, I guess, to just like triple, triple check. Right. And somebody had, but what was the anger then coming towards the contestants or you mean it was coming production was like, wow, you guys fucked up. They were talking production to other people. Um, in the group text. So they were, they had like suspended filming obviously to figure out who had it and who didn't and all of that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and then they figured it out that out that Katie had gotten COVID. Um, and so I think a day or two later, they had started filming again to finish the episode that they had started filming um, and do like the critiques and everything. So in I think it was the must have been the episode right after I got eliminated. Katie was not in the critique because they said she wasn't feeling well, but she actually had COVID. Uh, and right. then like a day later, they, they were supposed to write her out because it was made very clear to us by Andrea and by, you know, all of the producers that if somebody did get COVID, they were very serious about like, keep your mask on and like do this COVID right. shit. Uh, You're going to go home. If somebody gets COVID, we cannot stop production for one person. You will go home. If more than one person gets it, we will decide after that. But we cannot slow down production for one person. If you get it, you're going home. But we'll they did. You off. But they did because then creepy got COVID as well. Okay, so it was two people, and they're like, "All so right, we all suck." People, yeah. So then it was two people. He kind of saved Katie's ass. Then he by, did, yeah. That aligned by his, was working. His loose compliance with the COVID regulations, or yep. whatever was, I guess it may be. It was really funny because I was then, you know, we had a group chat, um, all going with the artists, and and Katie was like, "I don't understand how I got COVID," and Creepy's like, "Bitch, me neither." And uh, it was like two or three weeks before I, I sent the video to them because it had been Katie's birthday and we had this like um we were sitting in this in the hotel's conference room where that was sort of like our lounge where we would hang out it was just a conference room in this hotel um and we had yeah. decorated it all with balloons and shit and happy birthday Katie and we were doing this karaoke party and they had this little karaoke microphone and they were singing WAP by Cardi B and okay uh, Katie was <laughs> Katie was singing all the other things and every time it said pussy she would uh hit like put the microphone to creepy and he would say pussy so she would say wet ass and he'd say pussy and i was like hmm, i can't imagine why the two of you guys got COVID from this fucking microphone and she right. was like, oh my god delete the video <laughs> she's like delete that evidence wait where was this microphone at the in relation you guys were at a um you guys got out of the house for a minute no we were we were in the conference room at the hotel where we were living Oh, yes. I forget. You guys don't yeah. have a house there. You're yeah, living in the hotel. Yeah. So we had this hotel and we all had our own rooms. But then, you know, that's very lonely to just sit in your own room all day. So they had this yeah. conference room for us to like hang out in. And they had like a TV that we could play like YouTube videos or whatever on. Um, and everyone would just kind of hang out in there. That was sort of like the living room area that we were used to from having a loft. And we didn't have one this season. So mm-hmm. we would all just hang out in there. And so at one point when it was Katie's birthday, we like you know, set up the whole room to be like Katie themed and balloons and streamers and stuff like that and had this party for her and cake and everything. And then I completely uh, forgot. 
Yeah, and she was like, I don't understand how I got this. And I sent the video. I was like, hmm, I wonder why you guys both got COVID from this dirty-ass, like, microphone from, like, the drugstore or whatever, this karaoke microphone. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know who brought the microphone, like, but it was, like, their, like, karaoke party microphone thing. And it was, like, it's Is just, like, Andrea aware that the microphone existed? I'm sure she was because, like, she okayed the little, like, birthday party that we did, of course. Okay. So I'm, I have no idea, but I don't even know if it was actually like the PAs that had tested positive or if it was, I think it was more so on like the camera crews, like the Canadian camera crew side that a couple cameramen or something had tested okay. positive. And that's why they were like retesting. And then they found out that Katie tested positive as well. So it was, it was, I'm not entirely sure. Cause like I said, I was like, ha ha, fuck you guys. Like I just missed the COVID shutdown because I'm on a plane <laughs> going back to Connecticut right now. I think I, I almost love in life too. Like you were so oh, yeah. that that was probably one of the nicest things for you, right? Like you left oh, yeah. on a great piece exactly. that maybe that would leave people talking about whether or not you really should have been gone or not. Uh, and then the COVID hits. Steve's there. Yep, you Steve's go back home to undercut. Shit. Yeah, you went home and started a, a tattoo sale to try and put seven tattoos out of business, didn't you? You're like Steve's gone. Oh, yeah, we're, we're gonna go yeah. warm up to all his artists. Hey, yeah. how you guys doing? Is there strife or is he really cool? No, you don't say. Yeah, no, <laughs> I uh, I was happy to be going home for sure. And then oh, I still serious. had you know a few weeks off scheduled from filming. So then I was like, let's go to fucking Puerto Rico. <laughs> what do you do in Puerto Rico? How do you, how do you relax after something like that? Uh, we went to a, a nice resort in San Juan and we sat on the beach and I drank alcohol out of a pineapple and just sun. I actually got sun poisoning, but uh, it was fantastic. Even with the sun poisoning, it was fantastic. I love it. A nice, a nice decompression. So you say that you would go on in a heartbeat even now? Yeah, I probably would. Um, through all of the anxiety and, you know, and that kind of stuff, It I become a better artist every single time that I go on. And that is, like, I can't put a price tag on that. And, and I haven't gone home on a bad tattoo, in my opinion, yet. So I will continue to go and continue to do good tattoos and get sent home on good tattoos. And I'm, I'm positive about that. I like it. Let's, if you will, <laughs> I'm a, I, there's some people who have some questions for you on Reddit. We'll mention Absolutely. their name and then we'll... Uh, will ask their question you give an answer i'm pretty sure we already got rid of all the ones that were just asking you to date them or marry am i right yeah. i'm looking over it now <laughs> i'd be yeah. really interested this is from cflow 26 better be a rapper is that cash flow 26 maybe he's just stock market huh <laughs> he says i'd really be interested to hear former artists opinion about the quality shift since the first like half of the show you alluded to it in episode nine he must be talking about me i'm guessing listening to it right now i'm not just some freak who can't remember this stuff lol i'm sorry to have all this i should have probably redacted some of this <laughs> that the work uh that's not on there is insane and you couldn't compete with these kids oh that's what i say i couldn't compete with you guys uh, but there's definitely a noticeable difference from middle of the pack or bottom tattoos now compared to like season one through five. Oh yeah. I think yeah, what, um, that's what we're just saying. You noticed the, the, the shift then as, as an artist, did you, you feel that in watching the shows, were you watching prior seasons? 
Um, so I had the first season I think I watched was season 11 um, because my friends Jimmy and Kyle, the McKenzie brothers, were on. And I was also obviously in contact with them to be on season 12. And I was like, I should probably um, do some research here to see what I'm getting myself into. Um, so you didn't get people coming in? talking to you during uh, your tattoos and being like, I was watching that Ink Master. You should go on that show. You had to have. Um, not entirely. Um, they had contact me, contacted me in the past to do other seasons, and I had said no. And then they had contacted me again, and my husband was like, just fucking do it. Like, you know, at least they'll stop talking to you. <laughs> they'll stop asking if you just do it. So that's when I decided to do it. Um, but there, I definitely did see and and we had talked about it on this last season as well given that it was an all-star season um you know one of our sort of jokes was when we saw that it was only 10 of us initially competing um and it was 10 fantastic artists we were like um there's no freebies this season like in all of our previous seasons there had at least like you were saying earlier been you know eight artists that you were like these people are not going to make it yeah now all of a sudden you start missing janelle huh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like you know who we could use inside yeah, of this use. room right now yep and uh <laughs> yeah so it, it we were like wow uh there are no freebies this season um good artists are going home every single time and it it was very apparent that that was that there was such a shift that like you know the, and and the critiques were still so fucking brutal like they were just like hours and hours of critiques that were like picking apart every nuance of every design choice and every style detail and you know all of these like sort of art rules and things that a lot of tattooers don't even think about when they're designing a piece Mm -hmm. and and here we are you know talking about them on national television um and it, it was very much like wow this is uh this is pretty fucking serious this time especially being in front of such good judges i'm guessing um, you came with what you learned even was this a more learning experience than your first time on oh a hundred percent and and i was able to sort of do things that i feel like i was very rigid in my first season in the way that i tattooed and and maybe that helped me with the previous judges but i knew it wasn't right. going to help me with these judges and i think the critiques were pretty apparent about that um so it, it definitely like I was able to change a lot of my own personal style and kind of branch out and feel a little bit more free in the way that I design and, and the way that I I do my art, you know, and I think that was above above all from everything that I learned from this season. That was the biggest takeaway for me was being able to produce things like my, you know, snell it, my, my snail with the mullet. Um, mm-hmm. That was like my all time favorite piece that I got to do that. And the mushroom. And that's the one you go home on. Yeah. And that's the one I went home on. And I was like, you know what, honestly, this is a peak for me. And if that means yeah. I go home on it, like I'm, I'm totally fine to go home on this. Like related and ready to sit on Puerto oh, yeah. Rico. Drinking Puerto my Rico ties. And, and draw some more weird shit, like snails with different hair styles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, have um, you already made a page of flash of, of the snullets? I actually haven't, and I really should, but I did do like a At bunch least a of t-shirt. Like, yeah, I did do some like capybara art because apparently I'm just the capybara queen, so everything I do is capybara related. Now. Okay. <laughs> well, one thing that also now I think about if you do a t-shirt, Ink Master could go after you for trying to make money off that. Am I wrong, or do you still do we still license some of the? Or I know they own it. Like they made a coloring book of all of our art at one point. Um. Um, it's theirs. 
I mean, I think if I do like different versions of the pieces that I did, which I would do anyway, because I don't necessarily yeah. like doing the same thing over and over again. Oh. Like it's time to, to make of- an NFT series is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I like I where you're going with this. About that stuff, but sure. No, call up, uh, call up Jesse Smith. We got him coming on again. He's going to answer yeah. some questions about the fr- Sam Bank- Bankman fried. Yeah, it affected a lot, and he's way into it. And I, I was like borderline fucking with it. And then a lot of crashes were happening. So I was just like, you know what? Yeah, that's somebody else's. But he's coming back on to tell me I'm wrong about it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. Oh, have to compete. I have no idea if that's actually what this name is, but I love reading license plates and trying to figure out what people are saying when it's a sentence. This yep. is capital H-O-H, so maybe it's a homeowner's something. No. Anyways, uh, and then V-E-T-O-C-O-M-P, like comp. Ho have computer? I don't know. Anyways, they want to know. Uh, just any funny behind-the-scenes stuff that didn't make the air that you would like to have them know? Um funny behind the scenes stuff uh there's actually been a lot of stuff uh one of my favorite things from season 12 actually was there was an episode where uh it was i think it was it might have been the episode i go home on actually um there was some sort of like triathlon thingy that we were doing Mm -hmm. where if if every you know you had to do a tattoo and if that wasn't good you had to like do another tattoo sort of situation Um, okay and the only person that passed on their first tattoo was creepy. So he was the only one that didn't have to tattoo the next day. And uh, he was like, God, this fucking sucks. Like, I'm going to be all by myself, like not working. He's like, I would rather tattoo. Um, he's like, what am I going to do all day? You know, I don't have anybody to like dick around with. Everybody else is tattooing to try and save their lives. And he's like, here I am by myself. He's like, can I? He asked. He asked Andrea and uh, the rest of the camera crew if he could borrow one camera and one producer for the day and do like a creepy's day off sort of situation. Oh, nice. And uh, I guess they filmed it and I've seen clips of it and it's fucking hilarious. He does like the risky business thing and like <laughs> he loses his mind and is like talking to himself in the mirror, like putting lipstick on. Um, and it never aired. They never did anything with it. And it makes me. They so all sad. got that, that, that B roll and they ain't fucking releasing it. Yeah, and I'm like, just let us, at least let's let the competitors have it. At least let Creepy have it, because you know he'd be posting that shit all the time, because it's fucking hilarious. Um, well, who yeah, have to compete? That was a great fucking question then, because now yeah. we can get Redditors working their asses off. I'm sorry if I got your name wrong again. <laughs> but now we can get Redditors working their ass off to get some of that behind the scenes, because, yeah. you know, we can maybe mobilize people. It exists, people. They own it. Trust me. They didn't they throw that celluloid away. They have it. It, they have all its raw even before it was edited. They could make seven different shows out of one season still to this day. So they definitely have that. Look for it, ask for it, make it, make it available. Absolutely. Motor nine says, Holly Marie, you rocked your outfits in season 14. Your latex was your latex outfits affecting your tattooing in some way. Uh, but I, I don't know what he means by that. Cause besides <laughs> making them fucking kick ass, uh, yeah uh no not at all i okay. honestly like the tattoo the the outfits that i wore on the season were outfits that i wear to conventions and you can attest to that kyle um you've seen oh, yeah, you're always tattooing them uh yeah and i tattoo and i'm totally fine uh i just they, they I just look painful i'll give i'll give you that they look like uh 
what is it? Um, Hellraiser, you know, except yeah. well, it, it's sans the morbidity, I guess, you know, you're not all pierced up and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not full Cenobite, but, um, yeah, I, I like the, the look of it. I like the sort of goth shiny, um, uh, partial look, Cenobite. Yeah. I, I would rather look like a, a xenomorph than a real human most of the time. So, um, well, yeah. you ex- you exulted in my description of you as being from a Blondie uh, video. You yeah, see, is that it. there's a very 80s vibe going on right now, just in in fashion. Oh, and yeah. you seem to have tied into the the very hard edge kind of cyberpunk part of it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I've always been super big into like fashion and, and things like that, even from the time I was a, a young teenager fashion has always been a big deal in my life and I like to look like the main character I don't like to be normal most of the time uh never have uh I used to wear like corsets and tutus to school and shit like that I was a fucking weirdo oh that Um, makes everybody happy teachers yeah (laughs) yeah um makes all your friends too on the fucking cheerleading squad so excited yeah it was uh yeah I was I was definitely a weirdo for sure I scared most of the people away but um I've always been super big into that and I I I like to change my look a lot. I'm, I'm very much a, um, I have like a wanderlust about me in every aspect of my life. And that includes like mm-hmm. physical appearance. So I change my hair constantly and I change my clothing and my style constantly. Um, change then the are furniture. You f- all <laughs> change <laughs> change yeah. the, you rearrange it too or. Oh yeah. I'm a hundred percent. Like that's why I travel so much is because it kind of, puts it at bay like where I feel like mm-hmm. I come home to my house or my wardrobe or whatever and I'm like this is fine everything's fine because I've had so much difference the last like you know right. couple days or whatever but it's for nice the most to have part some back to normal yeah that's kind of the norm but definitely in terms of fashion like I I love to be onto shit people haven't seen before and I'm starting to see a lot more especially like you know at Philly just a couple weeks ago when we were there um and there's a lot more girls wearing latex pants and I was not into it. Honestly, that's my thing. Um, <laughs> this is not a change. You have to reinvent again. I know. I'm like, uh, well, I'm just going to have to go more than I'm just going to have to be full head to toe, like gimp outfit. Then if you're going to if you're going to try and outdo me with my latex pants, this is my thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I definitely I like styles that are kind of weird and I like meshing things that don't normally go together, like, you know, super 80s white trash hair with uh you know, with with Hellraiser outfits, <laughs> right. looking like I came out of an H.R. Geiger museum. But where Mo- so Mortar like Nine, uh, who is the redder who has that, is excited, and he he doesn't want you to stop. He's probably excited to see you reinvent now that you've seen too much latex and whatever you're going to be. Yeah, true. But um, I mean, he can always subscribe. <laughs> subscribe? What you got a fans only? Oh yeah, I got only fans. Yeah, sub to that shit. Let's while we're at it, let's let's plug some plugs. We'll get it at the end there, too. And we'll probably keep keep some stuff and some links. But what are your handles for your uh, Instagram, Facebook and stuff like that? And then you might as well plug the OnlyFans. Uh, yeah, my Instagram is Holly Murray Art. Holly with an I, of course. Um, people like to spell my name wrong all the time. Uh, but pretty much my handle is the same on everything. It's just Holly Murray Art um on twitter and shit like that and then i think my only fans is just holly underscore marie um but yeah and that's where we can catch you farting in jars and all that good stuff huh yeah i don't judge dirty girl dirty <laughs> i don't fucking judge but if you make some money um hissy fit 64 he asks 
any of them actually, what would you change about the show to make it better? Any or all of them, actually. I don't even know what that means. Sorry. Like any, <laughs> but any or all of whatever you would change to make that show better. What would you do? Um, You're Andrea for a day. Honestly, I don't know. For being on the show twice, uh, I, I still don't know much about the industry of filmmaking and, and producing and things like that. Um, I don't really know what sells. But well, what would I, make you happier to see in the show then? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, just I, from I suppose, your standpoint, I suppose just more of the actual tattooing process, more of the humor behind it, because like I feel mm -hmm. like they cut out any sort of those the fun aspects of like being a client and getting tattooed for me anyway is like going and, and hanging out with your artist for an extended period of time and like. Me especially, my clientele come to me because they like, you know, the the humor. I like to joke around with people. I like that kind of stuff. I, I like, you know, like I said, like the blue collar aspect of like fucking with my coworkers, making my clients laugh. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they cut a lot of that sort of banter out of yeah. the, the tattooing portion, which I think like there's so much of it. And then I'm like, oh, they'll definitely use this. Like they, we're making gold here. And they cut it all out. They want like Jason's B-roll. Exactly. They want it to be Ugh. super, super fucking serious and like intense. And like, I I feel like people I, would enjoy the, the humor more. Like, that's what I, I like. They're with you. I think like, that they're missing out on some of their gold. I don't know what their Nielsen's are. And maybe they're getting this broader base. But I myself. Yeah, I, I would change cut one thing. I would go back to canned reactions and you probably don't know or maybe, maybe I don't know how they change these reactions, but they've definitely given you guys more time with it. So like judges joel madden or navarro for season 12 will mm -hmm. say blah 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 today's thing is we're all fucking tattooing with beats we're gonna use beats to make ink and we're gonna be yep. tattooing with it that's what we're doing and then you guys all look at each other for like an extended period of time and you're like oh my god beats beats are what my grandmother used to make on saturdays yeah. you know like you guys have so much time it seems like for reactions now oh yeah which it feels like it makes you guys or it gives me a feeling of fakeness like you, you're some sometimes they're using edits that you're like completely you're you, it's obvious that was completely contrived yep. it's not necessarily really what somebody feels about it of course you're not scared to do oh my god it's precision day oh my god i literally just wet myself yeah. i'm so scared of doing a precise tattoo i didn't show up to ink masters for this yeah like exactly the, um i would cut those things we they used to do for us they would do canned reactions so they, they would say okay everybody you're sitting down right now and uh and you know Here on comes the bus. a bomb a bomb's yeah. coming at you what's your reaction yeah they did that for us too they did and then they also gave you that much time to oh, respond yeah. Was it actually during Dave's cuts then? Was he actually delivering a line and then you guys were reacting in real time to that line? And then he would give you plenty of time to say those lines and then he would say another line or did he say his whole shit? And they asked you guys to make up this. Okay. Dave just said, did they do any of that? So they would do um, before Dave came out, Dave barely was on season 12. I'll just, put it that way he was he was there for his lines and that was it we never fucking saw him again um he 
before he would come out, they would have us do, oh, a bomb went off. This is what's happening. Like, uh, mm-hmm. oh, somebody just farted in front of you. What's your reaction? They'd, they'd catch all of our fucking facial expressions. And yeah. then they would also, once he got in there, you know, he would say a line and then he would pause for an extended period. And we had to fucking react and we had to fucking whisper to each other and all of that. And then okay. he would the one and then, you know, so it was like both, I guess. It seems so cheese factor. I would cut that. Yeah. Yeah, how how did that feel making it? Did it feel cheese? Yeah, it felt uh, it felt cringe. I was like, this is fucking dumb. Like, I don't want these reactions. I like they're like, what's your uh, what's your honest reaction? I was like, my honest reaction is this is fucking stupid. Like, I don't yeah, want to do like, move along. Let's get to the competition part. Exactly. And that's what I'm like. If you cut all that shit out, then you could have more room for the actual fun stuff. Like yeah, so- the fart jokes. Yeah, they want our personalities to come out as like their biggest thing. Oh, we want you to be you and like your personality to come out. No, but then like, love my personality because my personality is being fucking funny and and dicking around yeah. with my clients. And then they don't that- want you to be you. They want you to be who they've decided you that you are. <laughs> exactly. They want you to accept that that's you. Listen, this is you. Look in the fucking mirror. That's not you. Look at the picture. That's you. Okay. We picked out your wardrobe today, like you would wear. You know. Exactly. We, we give you time to give reactions that you would give. Why aren't you giving your reactions? You're exactly. giving someone else's reactions, you weirdo. Yeah, I will say in terms of like wardrobe this season, uh, it, it like because obviously my first season they were very much like this is what you're wearing. Like you have to wear this. <laughs> this season, this previous season, I don't know if it was just because like I wore such different fucking shit than everybody yeah. else. Like there was no way that I was going to clash with anybody else because like <laughs> me and Katie both had like the craziest shit in opposite ways. It was pretty hilarious. Um, but yeah, they were pretty much like, yeah, whatever you want to wear. And I was awesome. like, Sick. cool. Yeah, I like that. That makes life easier. Well, thank you, Hissy Fit uh, for your question. That was a long one. <laughs> Lucerna 26 asks just in general, I'm, I'm sorry if it probably feels like we got a million of these. I'm taking too long with them maybe, but you're giving great answers. I've oh. only got four more, but Lucerna 26 asks just in general, I'm curious what the artist's favorite flash challenges are and why also if they've stayed close with anyone from the show. Uh, my favorite flash challenge is none of them. They all fucking suck. They're stupid. I don't they have nothing to do with tattooing. They're, they're fucking dumb. Uh, but if I did have to say a favorite, I really like the post-it note challenge from this season just because we had a lot of fucking fun and we made a lot of dick jokes about the other team's eel thing that they made. It looked like a <laughs> but, um, but yeah, none. None of the flash challenges. They're all fucking stupid. Um, and then I love in the answer. Of, yeah, in terms of staying in touch, yeah, we all stay in touch pretty much. Um, me you just saw Jason close. this weekend in Philly. Yep, me and me and Creepy are pretty close. I've done um, uh, charity events with him uh, at his shop. I've guested there. I'm gonna. I'm planning another trip down there this year as well to guest spot at his shop. Um, Deanna and I are really close, and Katie, of course, and we're trying to plan some sort of. Uh, reunion of the three of us at one of our shops probably probably at deanna's shop in, in dallas but we haven't we haven't nailed down any dates yet but we're still pretty close so um what about uh lucerna 26 doesn't want to know but it makes me want to know anybody you try to stay away from besides steve you don't need to say him we've already <laughs> uh, no but anybody you're like ah oh, fuck from the, i hated them or any we haven't gotten that from you yet at all so i imagine there's none but yeah dish. i mean i I'm pretty cool with it. I don't, they, they had tried after season 12 to um, do like a, 
they had that grudge match spinoff uh, mm-hmm. and they had tried to contact me for it and I was like well who would I they're like we really want you to be on this grudge match season but you just don't have any beef with anybody like you just everybody was kind of like <laughs> cool with you and you were cool with everybody. like you didn't just have like a beef like they tried to yeah. invent something and then like you know the other girl fucking didn't want to do it or whatever and I was like yeah I mean I, I just didn't have beef with anybody so I'm totally fine seeing everybody cool. it's just, I like to be you know amicable with everybody that I come across whether we had some sort of problem or I didn't like your personality or whatever like if I come across I'm, I'm not going to avoid you by any stretch like we're all tattooers we're all in this industry together so um yeah I don't, I don't really have gr- like beef or anything with anybody no beef vegetarian when it comes to that shit oh yeah wild man how am I going to say some of your names <laughs> wild cool fairy wild cle fairy clefairy anyways wants to know did you feel the harsh feedback you consistently received sometimes undeservedly in season 14 was personal if so how did you manage not to let it get to you because let's be honest some of the criticism holly received was plain mean she's a fucking rock star for not letting it take away from her professionalism <laughs> you i appreciate that i appreciate that fairy uh so and so um <laughs> It was uh, in the moment I did not think of it at all personally. Uh, only until I like watched it back did I, because a lot of people were telling me even on the season that it it seemed personal, and I was like, I don't think so. Like you know, I I think we're cool. Like whatever. Like I'm literally just trying to I could learn. What see it can. being interpreted personal, and by that yeah. I'm guessing they probably mean mostly from Holly Marie. Am I right? Or not Holly Marie? I'm sorry, but um, oh, wolf eyes. Yeah, What's Ryan Ashley. Ryan Ashley. Yeah. yeah she looks like eyes. she's uh, she doesn't she look like she's fucking she's the wolf that we all tattoo in the yep. the with she the is, the forest. She other, yeah, she is otherworldly for sure, especially in person. She is like I, I don't even, yeah, there's something there's something going on with those eyes for sure. <laughs> um mm-hmm. no, I I honestly and that's you know, most people when they when they bring that up bring up Ryan's you know, critiques of me. Um and I didn't in the moment think that they were personal at all um and it was like people like creepy were like yeah why is she gunning for you because she does not like you like what's going on and i was like i don't i didn't catch that vibe at all but like mm-hmm. watching it back i'm like yeah i guess it does seem like she's kind of doesn't want me there or whatever and you know i can't help but harken back to my first season season 12 when nikki simpson fucking did the same thing to me and knowing that they were friends i don't know maybe there's something there but um mm. I personally didn't see it until the until it aired. Essentially, I was like, "No, she's just like she's being hard on me because she knows I'm I'm better than this." You know, if that okay. makes sense. I was yeah. seeing it more so as like, you know, not a because person... you're a threatening, uh, pretty face, not yeah. because she's built her um, reputation off of something other than her absolute talent, and instead sees you as a threat to all of those things because here's a younger version of much the same. I would imagine so. And and that's all right. That's me just getting shitty before everybody thinks that my opinion, too. I'm just being shitty. OK, that's what <laughs> we could imagine if we was watching a lot of reality television. But we know yep. that's not the case. Anyway, exactly. And and I didn't uh, I didn't like I said, I didn't feel that it was personal in the moment. I more so was like, this is a person, you know, a peer in the tattooing mm-hmm. world and in the art world whose art I look up to and, you know, 
that sort of thing and these are her opinions and the things that she's saying are to make me better as an artist and and push me past the point that i think i can go to which i think is very important in any sort of critique environment or any sort of uh you know building yourself as an artist environment and i think maybe i'm much better at taking critiques than a lot of other people because i went to uh an art high school where we got our work critiqued after every um you know, projects awesome. that we did, we, yeah. you know, our teachers gave us critique on it because that's how you get better. You learn so to I'm, appreciate it. Exactly. And, and the same thing with being like, you know, a young girl in the tattoo industry, I'm used to it. I'm used to getting critiqued more than the boys would, you know, the boys were always mm-hmm. sort of like, oh yeah, you know, you suck a little bit, but it's all right. But Holly, like you can do better. And <laughs> I, I guess I'm just sort of used to that mentality. Uh, and yeah. I, I don't let it affect my professionalism because it's it shouldn't be personal. It should be professional, which is why I say that there's no tears in tattooing, because this is a professional environment and it mm. should be kept that way. I, I feel that I feel that you are. Uh, if you watch this looking for Ryan actually to be mad or to be threatened or be whatever and wanted to perceive you could easily see that if you were looking for her to be pushing you on you could easily see that I do have a question did she like Pond's pug better than your snullet no she did not she 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 liked liked your snullet a lot she was all right then I think that's kind of fucking the feather in her cap then yeah she she liked my snullet when she first saw it she was like i have never seen anything like this and i've never seen you do anything like this and even um i don't know if you saw the like sort of post interview thing that they did like a youtube series where she interviewed each artist after they were eliminated um no they did a whole series of it on on youtube um and so when i went in for my interview with her she was like dude that fucking snullet was so sick and i was so upset to see you go yeah like you should she's like honestly you shouldn't have awesome and I, so, I, I felt very similar. There, there was a lot of coloring techniques that you pulled off very well. Uh, yeah. And that aren't your norm. Yeah. Your and that's style what she, that, was like. she was like, I've never seen you do anything like this. I didn't know you had it in you. And, you know, that makes me very, very happy because it shows that you're growing so much and you've grown so much, even from the, like the first challenge, essentially. And from your previous season, she was like, it's crazy the amount of growth as an artist that you have done in just a short time on this competition. So that was well, that what- competition's got to be sharpening you up, oh, especially with the, comp- comp- the the groups that they're putting you at the talent level, the people exactly. are putting you in with. Which is, an, again, why I would continue to go back because I just get better. And, and that's the only thing I'm looking for. Kiss you. Kiss you says that kind of brings this is a good question for going straight to kiss you's question. Kind of. Um. I don't know if it's like tissue or, but it's awesome. Nice. Kiss you. <laughs> you seem so much more confident the second time around. Did you go home and practice or did you feel more comfortable sort of knowing what to expect? David asks. So are they asking to David? Have you found a relief with your injury in any way? This person must be questioning two questions. I'm sorry. Never mind. <laughs> um, this is to, <laughs> he has one to you and one to David Bell. Uh, in in reaction to the first question, um, I think I was more so confident in understanding the sort of television aspects of it. Um, obviously, going in the first round, like you don't know what to expect. I've never been on TV before. Um, I didn't really know how things were filmed and how things worked and like the processes. And then coming back, of course, I was like much more comfortable with the whole idea and and having that 
little bit of background definitely gives me more confidence in that regard knowing that give you more trepidation at all like for me i felt the second time coming back honestly i felt more although i knew what to expect from the show now that i knew that i felt more of an obligation to like try to control the perceptions or to write my own storyline um it was honestly funny because it was the opposite for me when i first went on i was very very much like in the idea and in the realm mentally of controlling how i was perceived by the audience i was very much like super hyper focused and paying a lot of attention to how i would come across on camera and like what would be shown and if i didn't want this reaction uh to come out of myself because it would give this perception that i tried to kind of nip it in the butt right then you're always editing yourself in the real time myself yeah versus this season i was like you know what fuck it i don't care this is this is who i am and if it comes across a certain way like i honestly don't care (laughs) like it's fine um so i was actually the opposite i good and and having that sort of like fuck it i don't care like aspect of it i guess that gave its own confidence level in that of like i don't care how i come across this is the way i do things and this is who i am and did you go home and practice was there things that you worked on after your first season that you were like when you got home, you're like, well, I want to be able to do this better. Oh, or... yeah. Uh, I mean, every day is practice for me. So, you know, every tattoo I do is practice in terms of like the art. And and definitely after the first season, like taking the things that I learned from the first round of judges and, and you know, what they were looking for and growing my art artistically. Of course, that's every day is practice. So I, I don't tend to go into work and do the bare minimum, if that makes sense. I definitely try with every tattoo to do something different than I did in the last one, especially for, you know, mo- most people seek me out for like my traditional or neo-traditional and that shit does get boring sometimes because it's all kind of the same. So no, try- well, try- I mean, maybe traditional, but those neo-trad shit, man, that stuff's got little nuances yeah. everywhere. huh? Oh yeah. That's yeah. So it, I guess more so the traditional portion of mm. it, like sometimes that shit gets boring. Like there's only so many ways you can tattoo a ship. So I try to mm. every single tattoo I do put a little bit more in or or do things a little bit different. So it continues to grow not only with like the style or with the person, but like also with me as an artist. So even if I do do something that's super traditional, I like to just I like to do it different than the last time. I don't like doing the same tattoo twice. I'm sorry. I, I, I heard you say do do. Um, yeah. And that lets me know that I've obviously stayed too long. Said too much, <laughs> but it comes at a great time because we've made it through the redditors' questions, except yeah. for one honorable mention. We'll just say Aunt Twenty One Thirty One. The answer is no. She's not looking for a date Saturday night. Uh, nope. Oh shit! Candy's here to remind me of my obligations. I have one last question I would like to ask you before we sign off. Thank and, and also let me do this first off. So let me thank you so much uh, because this has been a lot of fun and. Awesome. uh it, I feel like you've helped answer a lot of questions for myself and, and for listeners, but do you have a question that you would ask for me from, of see, this is always hard for me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, what shows are you doing next, man? <laughs> Where can oh my I see God. You? What a great fucking question. And if I had a better answer for it, candy calendar, I'm seeing if it worked. 
Nope, it didn't. <laughs> um, we are always appearing at Villain Arts. Uh, I don't think we're doing the Alaska show. We, we are doing Pittsburgh and D.C., though, with uh, Greg Piper, which is not a villain art show. And so we get to see some new and fresh faces sometimes. It's kind of your guys' area, ain't it? So oh, East Coast, bit. you guys doing it? D.C.? Uh, we're, we're not doing D.C. this year. Um, I think we're doing something else that weekend. I can't remember what it is. Um, we might be on You're working with Ghost and Darkness at all? Uh, yeah, we're always every show that I do. So does Ghost and Darkness, because Alex obviously works for ghosts in darkness um so he'll do uh his booth hopefully next to mine at every show that we do so if i'm at a show so is ghost in darkness so um i know you're doing the flower city in november 3rd and 5th then that's yes, that's one that ghost in darkness puts on am i wrong or is it, it is yeah, else? In yeah in rochester new york yep awesome do me a favor too let's talk about rob just for a second yep hey rob now he has to listen. That's right. one more download. I'm doing this one person at a time, you know? <laughs> one viewer at a time. Thanks so much for being a part of this, Holly. Uh, I look thank forward to guys. seeing you on the road here. Yeah, thank you guys so much. This was super fun. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Say goodbye to Alex for us as well. Oh, I will. All right, bye. Bye.